Welcome to another edition of the Oscar Central Podcast. My name is Jacob. I am your host. Uh, today we are going to be talking a lot about uh, the festivals. It's pretty much all we're going to be talking about. Um, Adriano and I and Nicole are all getting to go to TIFF this year, which is super exciting. Um, but yeah, we're going to talk about the festival recap so far, and we're going to just give um, what we're excited for and looking forward to at TIFF. So uh, I'm here with the only person not going today. Um, Loser! <laughs> I didn't mean, wow. <laughs> not, wow. to, not to put you on the spot like that, but I mean, wow. still wow. could catch a, uh, catch a flight. Come visit us. Literally not possible, but thank you for that beautiful, <laughs> warm introduction. Um, How yeah. are you doing? I'm not going to TIFF. I am stuck in LA in a heat wave, um, but I'm good. It's pumpkin space latte season. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really it. Today's been really like emotional, which um, we have the reason for that. His campaign yeah. manager is here. So literally we will, we will talk about that soon. Um, speaking of Adriano, Mr. The Whale, Mr. Fraser Sance, Renaissance, whatever it's called, Brendan Fraser Sance, uh, Return of the King. Founder. Return of the King. <laughs> How are you doing? Very good. <laughs> Very stellar day. <laughs> good. Uh, well, I'll just, I guess I'll just start with you. Have you seen anything recently before we get to talking about all that? Have you seen anything recently that has had any like Oscar potential or anything like that? Or just what have you seen recently? Um, Oscar potential? No. Um, but I saw Honk for Jesus Save Your Soul today and it was it was fine. I don't know. I feel like I kind of get what they were trying to go for, but I feel like it was a little too like surface leveled like i feel like if they went like wilder like in a righteous gemstones mm-hmm. kind of way like it would have been a little bit better but it kind of just kind of just remains service um and i finished westworld this week and Ooh. that's a show and i think four seasons is probably the best season yet but i still have a lot of glaring issues with that show but i will say aaron paul deserves so much better mm-hmm. like he deserves to be a huge star he's so talented kenzie what about you have you seen anything recently that's not Elvis. Um, I actually like was thinking today, like I should rewatch it. Um, I saw I watched um, the same movie. I watched it on Peacock. Unfortunately, did not go to a theater. But I also felt the same way. Like I, I think maybe if I hadn't watched Righteous Gemstones, I would have appreciated it a little bit more. But I'm not sure. I do like the performances in it. Yes. Um, specifically, I'm obviously like a huge Regina fan, but Sterling K. Brown, I haven't really seen him in that much, and I really liked him in this. But yeah, I feel like Sterling had a moment, and then he kind of just disappeared. Yeah, I like, but I did like him in it more than I was expecting to, just because I, I mean, I haven't really seen him in that much. I just like haven't really like been taken with him in anything I've seen him in, mm-hmm. um, other than in the red carpet because he is beautiful. But what else did I watch? Um, I watched something else. I can't remember. But I'm seeing Jaws tomorrow on IMAX. And then I'm seeing Barbarian on Thursday, which clearly has a ton of Oscar potential. <laughs> um, it has a lot of potential in general. 
Yes. Um, but that's it. I'm going to watch Malignant tonight. Um, <laughs> to prepare. Just to prepare. And that should have been an Oscar contender. But not much out right now, unfortunately. Like, bad week at the movies. Bad week. Mm-hmm. They're, lu- they're bad lucky. Bad month, really. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's really been nothing. I'm really excited for, like, there's, like, quite a bit in September that I'm excited about. But, like, I'm just ready for Oscar season. I can't with this yeah same same um i saw the uh one of the pinocchio that are coming out this year and i'm not allowed to say much about it but we can make assumptions for the people watching (laughs) um i do have one question that um just blink for an answer i guess um tom hanks Good year or bad year? It would be defining what you would... It would be how you define good, I guess. I feel um, like maybe because he's just having fun, but I'm also... I think like, he's in his Amy Adams moment. His well, fuck it moment? Yeah, he's his like, I'm just going to do what I want to do. Hmm. He's I, Tom Hanks. He's earned it. Tom yeah. Hanks. We can give it to him. Um, but, no. But, but I gotta say, I gotta say... I oh did you take him out? Oh yeah, I did. You took him out. You finally took him out. Yeah. Up until this moment, I'm pretty sure Jacob had Tom Hanks for Elvis and supporting actor. I had him in the <laughs> tent and I took me. him out. Um no, yeah, it it was a movie. Um if you want my thoughts, I will text you guys. But if you're if Disney, if you're listening, I didn't say that. Um but other than that, I just saw 3,000 Years of Longing, which was fine. It it definitely wasn't bad by any stretch of the word. I just feel like they were trying to get across something that just for me didn't land. Um, I understand what they were trying to go for. It just seemed like, I don't know, the ending dragged way too much. I thought a lot of the production design was really good and a lot of the characters and those kind of visual aspects of it was really good. But I think George Miller was better when his character's mouth was kind of taped shut and he couldn't speak. Um, But yeah, other than that, I haven't seen anything, uh, which is probably good. I guess I saw The Ring of Power, which I personally loved. Oh my god, um, it's awesome. I the death boat scene in, in, in scene in episode one, sorry for the spoilers. I was like oh edge of my seat, like this is what it is, like freaking like, out. I thought I, I, the I action say, sequences are really cool. I, I so will it's say worth I, the budget. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it, absolutely. It, it definitely it's worth the budget and it definitely looks the budget. It looks better oh, yeah. than like because like most I'm really big budget movies. I'm really struggling with um, the dragon show. I don't think it looks expensive, and I'm questioning where all the money went. Well, I- I'm into the dragon show, but well, I Howard is great. Like it's I, so far. I don't I like mind the dragon show because I'm like whatever, but I can't look at it. I yeah. don't understand where the money went. I would say I know you're not a massive Lord of the Rings person. I did finish them. Um, I did well, <laughs> I would say like if you wanted to give it a shot, it I definitely think like it it at least is like 
something worth watching based on just the look. Like it, it is like. I like a lot of the, of the people on the show. Mm-hmm. I might consider it once like it's out in its yeah. entirety. Well, yeah, that's what I was gonna season. say. The first two episodes are very slow, and it's like it's more of like you're trying to learn and get a feel of all these different races and all these different characters and all this different like stuff like that. Um, I feel like once it finds its footing, it'll really flourish. But I, I mean, I loved it so far. I thought the first two episodes were fantastic. And I will Um, say, I know this is about Oscars, but I will say between this and the boys, I think that like next year, Amazon could have a decent year at the Emmys. Yeah. Between this and the boys, which had its like its best season. Which I'm still, I'm still chugging along. I finished season one of the boys was freaking out it's insane Um, right didn't so i i assumed and the boys on season four i assumed starlight was like massive villain that's what i guess was just played across for me and i was like asking people i was like please don't go bad i want her to be good um no yeah love love that won't say anything won't say still getting through my god still getting through uh season two i've been slowing down just because of tiff which uh, we can start getting a talk into our festival recap. We are not doing any news stuff this week. There hasn't been any major news, at least not worth covering over um, some of these recaps. Uh, so we're just going to go through a list of films that have had their premiere either at Telluride or Venice. Uh, then we're going to talk about some big films that are still about to premiere at both Venice and um, and then we're going to talk about TIFF a little bit and our schedules and what we have uh, what we have scheduled up and everything like that. So uh, first off, we have Women Talking, which has opened. Um, and for anyone listening, know that a lot of these scores and reviews are very low. It's just what they have right now. And that's what I'm going to say just based off that. Um, Women Talking has opened up to 100% out of seven reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. And it is a 90 out of 100 uh, out of seven reviews on Metacritic. So how is everyone feeling about women talking? Has their opinions changed on the movie? I'll start with Kinsey because I know she was she was a big fighter. You know, maybe maybe I was there as much and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But she was a big fighter for the movie in general. Well, just because I read the book in preparation once it got into production um but i just knew it would be really timely given everything going on and sarah polly is just an amazing director at subtly showing you un- showing you the plot unfold and so i just knew she would be able to knock this out of the park and i get really nervous about ensemble pieces primarily set in like one to two locations but I just knew that this story is so important in general, but right now. So I was really excited to read that it was as great as I thought it was going to be. And I'm a little nervous it now has like a target on its back of like mm-hmm. the front runner. But I think it's a little different than movies like The Fablemans or whatnot, because The Fablemans, the front runner status is because of who's attached to it behind the camera and in front of the camera, whereas Women Talking is very timely. It has someone who has sort of like an undervalued view outside of like film Twitter um, with Sarah Polly, where she has- Well, she just, she just now got verified on Twitter. 
like today. <laughs> so like, I just think like she isn't like a household name outside of people who are interested in film. Mm-hmm. So I think like it's a very different narrative for her front, like for the film's front runner status. But it sounds to me like once you see it, you can't ignore it. And I think that's something that's very powerful. And I think as the elections come up that this movie will just stay in the forefront of people's minds. And I think that's something that's really important when you have a front runner status on your back. But I was most excited to see two things. Ben was Shaw's name everywhere because I know he isn't overdue, but I just am excited to have his name in the conversation. And two, Claire Foy, because I had her deep on my, I think I had her like 11 or 12 on my supporting, but I just think that she has proven every year, whether it be TV or film, that she's very impressive. And she is kind of undervalued because like maybe it was the spider's web, I don't know. But she's so great and I'm excited to see her singled out. Um, Yeah. But I would love to see more women talking about women talking yeah i know I, I would agree with you on that one um yeah no i i was a fan of sarah polly as a director after take this waltz which i think still is a very good seth rogan performance um not to mention i mean michelle williams is good in whatever she does but i thought that was one of the first like first things i saw seth rogan in um where i was like he has like more dramatic depth uh than usual but yeah no i i I am excited. Um, as we all know, last week I fought for Sarah Pauly to stay in my director five, and I feel a little more confident about it now. I think, I think not that anything's a lock, but I do think she has a good shot, um, especially there with all the praise she was getting as a director. Um, I think there is something about taking a like a small few location script and really expanding it and making it s- still feel cinematic. Um, but yeah, no, I'm very, I'm just very excited for it. Adriano, anything from you? Um, not, not much that you guys haven't said. I wasn't particularly shocked that it was praised. I, you know, I think I, it took me a second to start predicting it, but I did go fully on board like a month or so ago. Um, Mm -hmm. I did, I was thinking recently, like, because I think everyone just kind of just threw Buckley's name in there and just be like, oh, I think Buckley's going to be the the actress that gets nominated and I was and I and I kind of wrote along mainly because of some stuff I heard but also I was kind of like well could anybody else get in and I'm shocked to see like Claire Foy if any anything maybe her name was brought up more than Buckley's so uh, that's an interesting development for sure that I'm intrigued in I do want to like I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep predicting in all these things I do want to see the movie before I go the oh it can win picture route because that mm-hmm. I still need to like I'm like, oh, is this Power of the Dog or is this like no bad mind, you know? I think the one thing I will say, say is like with with this film and with the next film that I'm gonna talk about, I'm gonna talk about. Ah, there it is. Um wait, wait, what do you what do you have? You're roboting again. <laughs> oh, okay. And and okay, and I'm back. Um I will say with with this film and the next film that I'm going to talk about, uh, it makes me wonder, like, can Hilter get double nominated if, you know, if it plays out, Uh, which the next film I'm going to talk about, of course, is Tar, uh, which I 
personally think this has opened up to what seems like the best reactions post these festivals. I think Tar, it's right now it's 100% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 26 reviews. And it's a 90 out of 100 out of 15 reviews. And it's already labeled as a Metacritic must-see. Um, I, I definitely think for me, I had slowly moved Kate Blanchett up my list. And I feel very, very confident about her staying at the top right now. Um, I think that whether this movie winds up being too weird, too whatever for the Academy, I think that she is she seems like she's undeniable and she seems like someone who is more than likely going to get at least the nomination, probably the win. Um, but how, how does everyone else feel? Did they move it up at all? Did they change it or anything? Did they move it down at all uh, after the reactions? I'll start with, uh, I almost said Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I'll start with Adriano this time. Hey, 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 you can call me Brendan Fraser as much <laughs> as you want. That's a compliment if yeah. there has been one. Um, yeah, no, these, you know, I, I tweeted the other day. I was like, I didn't leave it out of my tent because I thought it was going to be bad. Like, I, I, I knew it was going to get these, these reactions. What has shocked me is that I'm hearing that it might be more accessible than we might have guessed, which. And that's, that's that was like, my thing was like, yeah. what, what form of accessibility will this have with like the general audience, the Academy audience, all that kind of stuff. Which, and I'm still going to err on the side of, oh, I'm going to see it first. Mm-hmm. But. I will say, but Blanchett getting these career best perform like you know raves. It's like wait, that that's eye that's eye catching for sure. It's like Kate mm-hmm. Blanchett. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah, that's definitely something where I'm like, oh shit, could she could she snag number three? Mm-hmm. I I definitely agree. That's exactly how I feel, Kenzie. Well, I was the opposite spectrum of Adriana last week, and I had Tar. Not high on my but like low 10, like in between six and 10. Mm-hmm. But I just think that this is going to be a huge director play. Like, I'm really curious if Todd Field cracks in. Mm-hmm. Um, right now I have him in, but I mean, it kind of just like, there are so many big name directors. And director is getting thick. <laughs> like it's, it's getting. I need 10 slots. Like we need yeah. to expand director. Um, but I just, I've had Kate Blanchett at number one the whole time. I think she's like one of those people like you can't ignore. But he, like Adriana said, reading career best, I was just shocked. I didn't expect that. But um, the more I've heard about the movie, and I'm trying at this point to not read anything else about it because I would like some air of mystery when I go into it. I I don't think it's as unaccessible as we thought but I still don't think it's accessible is the thing that's like yeah giving me a little pause um but I do think that it's going to be a major tech player and I Mm -hmm. think that there are things like score I mean it it depends on what movie she gets in for I don't think Hillary's going to get in for two um yeah there's a lot of score contenders this year uh there's a lot of score contenders and there's a lot of people that have two movies it is wild like i'm at this point like do i just put names and wait till i see which one starts picking up steam like but i think caitlin chat is definitely in i'm really curious if they build the campaign around her and it becomes a win or if it becomes just a nomination um 
but I'm so thrilled to hear that it's a career best performance from her. I'm hearing from people that like absolutely hated Nightmare Alley, say like that movie made them doubt her as an actress, which is shocking. And they're now like- the best part, She was the best performance in that movie. What? <laughs> Bradley Cooper was. But they're just shocked that she was able to like do these so close together and wear that off. And I just am so excited and- I don't know like we'll see how many nominations this can pick up because they think that's what pushes it into picture is how many places it is it getting name checked elsewhere mm-hmm. versus it just being a, in the best picture 10 because i think there are a lot of movies that could pick up one the two texts and then get in a picture like something like avatar or top mm-hmm. Gun maverick or like these bigger name movies and i just think it's like there's like so many slots where it's like either a big name movie like those or some smaller, more Academy original watchers, like Thones and all, Broker, like things like that, that can get in that are mm-hmm. just more tech players that fit what I consider a best picture nominee, which are they came together with the best of all the aspects of filmmaking and that's why they got in versus this made a ton of money at the box office we have to recognize it for what it did mm-hmm. but we'll see I just think it, it's a weird year that we like have 10 and there's so many different kinds of movies that we're considering which is obviously really exciting but I think like that is something that as we get closer I'm gonna be like are we getting two sequels in best picture or are we getting like a mix of mm-hmm movies like Babylon and Women Talking and have been Maverick. Like, I think it's just going to be like, wait and see. But right now I have Tarin, but I'm very excited to hear that. Kate Blanchett could get three acting Oscars. Um, and moving on from that, another actress who is getting a lot of career best um, praise, even if the movie might not be doing as well as Tar is Olivia Coleman in Empire of Light. Um, Empire of Light has opened to 71% on Rotten Tomatoes out of seven reviews and 61 out of 100 out of five reviews um, on Metacritic. I, I still definitely think that director and um, cinematography are players i'm not gonna say olivia's name because i think olivia coleman could come out with a one one act play that she records and puts on at the adobe theater and still get nominated um so i think with when it comes to this i still have it i still have sam mendez in for director but it makes me wonder um could he be you know kicked out for someone like uh, Todd Field. Um, what do you think about this one, Kinsey? I I was kind of always under the assumption it was like cinematography. I originally, for some reason, thought it was going to be like a screenplay play, but it sounds like the screenplay is the worst part of this movie. Yeah. Um, but I was most shocked to read Michael Ward's name as much as Olivia Coleman's name. I'm not shocked from him as an actor, just shocked with someone as awards friendly as Olivia Coleman to see his name alongside hers repeatedly, which is really exciting. And I can't wait to see his performance. Um, but I always thought this was like cinematography and then like Olivia Coleman 
maybe production design because it's in a movie theater. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I moved it down in picture, but I still have it at five. I just think like Sam Mendes, like the name check of it all. Uh-huh. But I don't have him in director. I moved him up when the TIFF tribute was announced, but I still don't have him in. I think that this needs better reviews to get into director. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it's contingent on reviews, but just his name is not what you're seeing in the reviews. And I think in a year with like such big name directors and such exciting new directors to the conversation that it's important that his name be repeated over and over and over as a highlight. And I'm not seeing that. And I mean, we'll see, like things switch all the time. Like we all thought he was winning director and then he didn't. So still, especially still his sure name, <laughs> like, like, I think like you have to wait and see, but um, yeah, like I'm still excited about this. Like I'm one of those people, I love movies about movies and like mm-hmm. the love of going to the movies. So, and I love everyone's Roma or everyone's, everyone's uh, Roma, everyone's everyone. Belfast. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a tweet that was like, can you please watch movies from before Belfast and make references to those? And I was like, this is really funny. Yeah. But um, I'm excited still. And like, I think like the way people described it is what I expected from it, but it doesn't make me less excited. I am really confused about Colin first in this movie because for a long time, I feel like we all thought he was the lead. And then like, mm-hmm. I, he, he looks like he's barely in it. Yeah. So I was thinking the same thing. Maybe he's waiting for Papa Pia to get greenlit, but we'll see. Um, Yeah. Adriano, do you have anything to add to that? Um, Not, not entirely because like Empire Light, you know, I kind of, again, I'm not trying to sound like, like I know it all, but like, I I kind of expected it. Like these reactions were like, yeah, mainly praise not flawless because Sam Mendes is just not a perfect. He 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 makes some good movies, but he's not a flawless director at all. I'm not shocked that the screenplay has been you know like you can even look at my uh, at the board. I have him very low in screenplay. Mm-hmm. I you know I just kind of had a feeling that it was going to be a very well made movie because Sam Mendes is a great director, not a great writer. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not entirely shocked by this. It doesn't really change the you know if if. If the reception gets worse, I might put it a little bit lower in picture, but like, you know, I'm, I'm expecting, you know, it's about a movie theater. I am expecting uh, it to mm-hmm. do well with the Oscars. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I definitely think that at the very least, um, I think the movie looks just good enough to get Roger Deakins, his, I guess, next nomination. Um, but speaking of another, um, another director cinematography play that didn't hit as well as what people were thinking. Um, I had some strange looks and I look, I will, I will take a step back for a second and I do understand who the director is. And I understand that some people, sometimes people just name check and his resume speaks for himself, but Bardo false chronicles of a handful of truths. Um, it makes me wonder why the Revenant didn't have a didn't have a second title attached to it, but uh, but Bardo opened up with like low thirties and now is up to fifty seven. Um, I think it opened up Venice very poorly, 
And then Telluride, people came around on it. Um, so right now it's at 57% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 23 reviews. And it is at 51 um, on Metacritic out of 15 reviews. For me, I definitely, I'm happy that I moved Bardo down in my other, um, in my director pick, but I'm starting to think, especially with how well Tar was received, that I could easily just make that switch and it wouldn't be too crazy of an idea. Um, I think this opening is a little shocking uh, just because I think everyone kind of assumed that it was going to be, you know, I mean, it, it was his Roma um, and everyone assumed that it was going to be like a big player. So Adriano, I'll start with you. Any thoughts regarding Bardo? Has it changed your mind any? Um, yes. Um, yeah, definitely was very caught off guard uh, by those. I was, you know, I could have lived with like mixed positive, but when I was yep. just starting to hear straight bad, that's yep. when I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, no. And, you know, it's at a point now where it's, you know, it's risen a little bit with Telluride that, like, you know, obviously don't dump it completely. Like, remove it from picture, sure. Like, that's that's mm -hmm. totally acceptable. But, like, you know, I, you know, if I see people, like, just being like, oh, it's dead, I'm like, all right, take, take, take a breath. Um, you know, I think there are certain aspects that I think are kind of fucked. Like, I don't think, I think Kasha is kind of buried at this point. Um, and, but, you know, it could still name check himself into director even without picture. Uh, it can still get that international nom cinematography, but it's definitely in a very worse spot that it than it was like before it premieres. Yeah, I I agree. I think um, I think for me, it made me feel better about having decision to leave as my lead in a uh, international and for the international director, but. Kenzie, did this change your mind any when it came to Bardo? The only thing it really changed my mind on is it being a contention for Pitcher to win. And it changed my mind on um, his lead actor stat of always getting his lead actors in. Um, mm. But I think like Adriana said, I don't think this means anything like pulling it out. Like I still think he can get in director. I... I still think it's going to get nominated for international feature. I just think that it's the, the bad was really shocking. Like I could not believe it was getting like torched because yeah. I think I personally don't really like his movies, but I like, we go through the motions with them. Like mm -hmm. they, they get in, there's always people who don't like them. He rubs people the wrong, his films like can rub people the wrong way. But like, like, I just remember, like, The Revenant. People didn't really like it, even when it came out. We were like, oh, like, oh. like there were people that liked it, but there were a lot of people who didn't, and it just got in, and we just kept going with it. Well, but, also, The Revenant, like, wasn't but that But I looked up all the other, like, reviews, and none of them were this bad. So it's very weird and polarizing to read that stuff. But, I mean, I waited to adjust any of my predictions specifically for Bardo until Telluride because I was like what if it goes to Telluride and people completely flip on it because Venice is very people seem more heated at Venice every year like I like I I don't know so it's very interesting to see like it flip but the thing that is giving me pause on taking it out of picture 
are the tweets from Lulu Wang and other directors who are obsessed and think this movie is great and thinks it has something to say. Because I think that a lot of people in the Academy, particularly other directors and writers are going to love what this movie is saying. And obviously we haven't seen it, but I, that gives me pause on taking it out of direct or out of picture. Um, but it did make me move it down in other above the line categories, unfortunately actor, just because I feel like actors really competitive this year. And if your movie, it, like I, every year I'm like lead actor is the dumbest category, but this year I'm very into it. And I just feel like if your movie isn't good or like at least enjoyable, then you're on the outs. So like I, Nicole was saying that about The Sun with Hugh Jackman, like the same mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like if the movie's not as good as The Father, then like that's going to give him a hard time getting in because there are so many movies that are like good because even people that, about a movie we'll talk about later that has a foot in the actor, the people that don't like the movie still think it's well-made. So mm-hmm. that is very different than what I'm reading about Bardo. And... I just, that's the only place I really moved it down. I moved it down in picture, but I still have it in. And then I moved him down in director, but I still have him in. I'm just like kind of waiting to see because I just feel like you never know with him. You never know. If the industry comes around him, the movie's getting in and he's getting it in director. If the industry does not come around the movie, then I'm taking him out. Bardo, no, I can see Bardo kind of doing because I'm hearing people say like, oh, it's so pretentious and like self-indulgent. It could be kind of like a don't look up situation where it's like, yeah, well, I like don't look up. But like, you know, I can definitely see people saying it's smug and like, you know, self-indulgent and stuff like that where but I can definitely see. But similar with don't look up studios and people in the industry are like, no, Adam McKay is just correct. And and maybe he is, but like it doesn't mean it wasn't smug. Whereas it could be the same thing with Bardo. Yeah, it makes me wonder because it makes me wonder because like what kind of smug and pretentious is it? Because I love Birdman. Oh, me too. I would definitely call that that like a smug, pretentious film based around the theater. So it's like it makes me wonder like if his sort of style, like you said, just works with the people who are voting. Um, in these sort of races um and moving on to the next one uh kenzie brought it up uh someone who is in the actor race uh he's a king to some uh he to had all. a very to be to all he had a very <laughs> a just very world. well career um when he was younger and that is bones and all doing a lot better <laughs> You bastard. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I like I thought about it and I was like, wait, Timothy Chalamet starred in the king. So I can get I can get by on that. Um oh. yeah, no, we'll save we'll save that talk for later because I think that's gonna be one of the longer conversations we have. You damn right it um, is. <laughs> and so Bones and all though, um opened up to what I personally I thought it was better. Than what it was going to open up to it's at 96 right now on rotten tomatoes out of 23 reviews and it's a 74 out of 15 on metacritic it opened up to some pretty pretty positive reviews um people seem to like it people seem to like um timothy chalamet and taylor russell in it uh 
I am, I was definitely someone who was not as excited for it beforehand. And now I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, I'll go to the Luca fan of the, of the class here, Kenzie. What were your thoughts about the opening okay. thoughts? I was shocked because one, I wasn't sure how far into the subject matter they would show. Um, I mean, Luca, I know will go into it, but I just didn't know if they would allow him to really dive full into it, but it sounds like um, very graphic. So I'm very excited to see this adaptation. Um, but I'm most excited about Taylor Russell. I feel like Luca is someone who really captures actors in such vulnerable performances. And I'm really excited to see Taylor because I haven't seen her in anything since Waves, I don't think. I'm not sure. Yeah. But I'm so excited to see her have this um, collaboration with Luca and Timothy and Mark Rylance, who sounds like he's absolutely bonkers in this movie, which is mm -hmm. thrilling. Um, but I was really shocked. I wasn't sure if like people would receive this very well. Suspiria opened up to what I expected at Venice. You know, some people loved it. Some people hated it. But this didn't seem like that many people hated it. So I was mm -hmm. really shocked. Um, but I think Luca is one of the best directors working. I think he is the perfect person to make a movie like this. And while I don't really think this will have much to do with the Oscar race, unfortunately. Um, I'm really curious if they can get into makeup though. Mm -hmm. I would be very curious to see if they can at least get into the Bake Off and do some behind the scenes footage of what they're able to show on screen. Um, and I'm curious about the score and the editing as well. I saw a lot of um, notes about that and people's responses and reviews. Um, but I just have to say, I really liked Timothy Chalamet's red carpet look and I'm really sorry to anyone who did not. And I know Harry Styles did not, but <laughs> I liked it. I was here for it. More men should take more fashion risks. And I know this movie won't make it to the Oscars, but he and Taylor Russell need to go together and dress like Christmas again. Um, Adriano, anything from you? Uh, yeah, everything was about covered. You know, I was already pretty excited for this movie because I loved Call Me By Your Name. I had issues with Suspiria, but I still liked it. And so, yeah, I, I said I liked it. <laughs> Never forget, I didn't know that Suspiria was about um, witches. Yeah, I didn't know either. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited for it anyway. And these, you know, these reactions kind of affirm that. Yeah. Um, and then moving on to our next... Uh, our next release um we were talking i don't know if it was last week or the week weeks before about the original song category and it seems like we might have a movie that has an original song that's a pretty big player in it while um, <laughs> no uh white that's noise um white noise open to Generally positive reviews. It's 84% on Rotten Tomatoes out of 31 reviews. It's actually the only movie I've seen so far that has a critics consensus, which says white noise may occasionally struggle with its alleged unfilmable source material, 
but Noah Baumbach succeeds in finding the humorous heart of its surprisingly timely story. And for everyone out there, I can read, and I just did it. Um, and it opened up to 68 out of 100 on Metacritic out of 17 reviews. Uh, for me, I am still very weary about this one. This one is sight unseen. Um, I still think it's, I think it still has a shot to do something. I don't think it has a real director chance, but I think maybe Adam Driver, maybe the screenplay, maybe the score, maybe the song, all of those I think could come together to give it a pretty okay Oscars night. Um, but this this one is still sight unseen for me. Um, I really, really want to see it though. Kinsey, anything from you? Um, I, I was kind of assuming the response would be worse. So mm -hmm. I was a little excited it wasn't terrible. Um, I don't think anything really stood out in any of the reactions. And I unfortunately think this movie will drop on Netflix and maybe get a couple critics things along the way and then mm -hmm. we'll forget about it unfortunately i think like given it's netflix they're gonna have to spend their money on so many other projects that i'm not sure if this is something that seems like a safe bet for them but i will say don Cheadle's name came up in literally every single positive mm -hmm. review and negative review they all pointed out that they really loved every second he was on screen um and i feel like don Cheadle. I don't think he has like an overdue narrative, but I think like he has this like kind of the same thing as Hugh Jackman where it's the, oh, he doesn't have an Oscar. That's kind of weird. You can't pinpoint what you would give mm -hmm. it for him. Um, and Don Cheadle did get that surprise Emmy nomination for whatever that Marvel show was. So he does the have- 10 seconds he was in there. <laughs> so he does have like industry support. Um, so I think until the supporting actor race gets a little narrowed down. I'm going to leave him in my 10, like the lower spectrum of it, but we'll see. I, I'm not really sure about the screenplay nomination anymore because no one pointed it out really, um, other than they can't believe that he did it, but no one specifically said this is a great screenplay, which mm -hmm. is very shocking about something Noah Baumbach's doing. Um, We'll see. He's just I, saving. He's saving all of his writing for Barbie. <laughs> for Barbie next year. <laughs> but he wrote all I, of Ken's scenes. I do think it'll be nice to see him and Greta like on the circuit together, which will help. And then I'm assuming he'll get like an amazing rollout at the New York Film Festival. Mm -hmm. um, and I still can't take my mind off the fact that it opened Venice and it's opening the New York Film Festival. Like, I'm really not sure if that's ever happened that we're the same mm -hmm. film open both. But because I assumed that White Noise would be like, like the centerpiece of the New York Film Festival or something, given it was closing Venice. So that was, it's still something I'm shocked by and I can't figure out if that's because people like this movie more than I'm anticipating. But the reviews were very like, middle of like nobody hated it nobody loved it kind of thing so it's kind of giving me pause because this year in particular there's so many different kinds of movies from so many different kinds of filmmakers that I feel like you need to have passion behind your movie and no one quite seems that passionate about mm -hmm. this movie yeah no I I agree um 
Adriano, what about you? Anything from you? Um, you know, I was pretty. I'm, I'm still pretty hyped for this movie. The reviews there were they were pretty positive. Not you know the amount of positive I was you know anticipating, but like still fairly positive. Um, you know, I I I don't know something about that book from what I can tell is just doesn't scream Oscar to me and I don't know how Bombeck adapted it but but at the same time if Bardo truly is just hypothetically if Bardo truly is out um you know I don't know maybe that maybe that encourages Netflix to push white noise a little more because they could have a couple things in there like screenplay and acting but right now I'm going to go off of the assumption that it's not going to be a big thing except for maybe a you know screenplay or maybe driver or Don Cheadle um, especially actually Adam Driver because now I think Netflix kind of needs an actor contender. Um, mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, don't really got much to say. I'm still really excited to see it because it looks awesome. Yeah, uh, I was actually. Um, I guess before we move on to the next, uh, the next one. Um, what else does Netflix really have if White Noise isn't doing? You know. Really- Big Last numbers time. and yeah, so that's they'll pivot the all their money to Pinocchio. Unless the unless the as, one as they should as they but they should. so I think and I think important. I think they should I think they should come out and they should be like everyone go watch the Disney Pinocchio before you watch ours. They should send it. You know how Dude, isn't that um, one? <laughs> you know how Louis Vuitton sent um uh. Snooky like Prada bags so that she would carry like Gucci bags so she would be seen with their bags instead of Louis Vuitton's bags mm-hmm. like so that she wouldn't tarnish I'm doing quotation marks the Louis Vuitton brand mm-hmm. Netflix could do that they could send out screeners of both they could be like watch mm-hmm. the this disc one disc two. Oh my god That'd that's be a so really good idea they'd be like yo look at this dog shit halfway halfway through <laughs> halfway through when uh when quite literally shit happens, um, they uh, they're like, "Well, do you want to move to the next one?" God, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get fucking Continue shot. Continue watching, face. yes or no? The, ma- <laughs> the mouse is gonna come. The mouse is gonna come take my head off. Um, um, but they have really like nothing in supporting actor. They have nothing else in actor and actress. They have on Darmus. They have potential with Darmus and Florence Pugh. Yeah. But but the Armas is a massive question mark. Mm-hmm. I will have an update for everyone before Venice. Not me personally, someone I know. But awesome. I yeah, that's a really good point. That it's like maybe they do shuffle more money into white noise. They are kind of running out of options because, and and I know they're gonna push a uh, glass onion, but like there's not a lot of glass do onion. Yeah, it's if it's an, a true ensemble piece, like they're all going to be in supporting, so it's not going to. Yeah, I, I mean, granted, I've it'll be all supporting. Janelle Daniel Monet's Craig lead. I have he's Janelle not getting Monet's in. Name, though, I will say. No, yeah, you're right. Janelle Monae's the name I've heard singled out. The I most. think she's the Darmus. That's who. Yeah. That's who moved my. That's who I moved into my five. Me too. But that's a really good point that maybe they do shift more money into white noise because. They do need acting nominations. Like they and they already, yeah. And they put a lot of money into Bardo yeah. just by purchasing it yeah. and buying off all of the lawsuits. But, um, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> but they put a lot of money into that one. And so it, 
do they just cut their losses and they're like, okay, do we just go with white noise? A guy who has industry love just got nominated a cast of industry people who are loved by the industry. Um, it is, it's interesting. It's interesting to see what they, what they have this year. Do they, do they, and this is genuinely not just because I think slash want it. Do they put more money behind Del Toro to go out and, be at events the thing we brought about up it. about del toro multiple times is that you put him in front of anyone and they walk away not only a fan of whatever he's talking about but obsessed with movies in general mm-hmm. and that is something netflix desperately needs for their brand yeah i will like, say though exactly. pinocchio does have a pretty obvious like disadvantage being an animated movie but i think yes. del toro could break through but if you go you know, to Del Toro's but, Instagram. He's been campaigning for that medium like, to Netflix get through. For the money behind it, like they need to yeah. do that. I, yeah, I, I really think, I don't think it's like another movie we're going to talk about where it could maybe campaign itself. I'm trying to think of other stuff they could do against Disney, and we're going to make it happen, guys. Netflix, yeah. call us. <laughs> and drum roll the uh, the tail of the whale. Um, Return of, the Return of the King, the Renaissance, the Brazier, the Brazier Sons, the Fraser Sons, whatever it's going to be called. Um, generally positive reviews coming out of uh, Venice, right? Yes, generally positive reviews coming out of Venice. It's at 80% right now out of just five reviews um, on Rotten Tomatoes, which as the Aronofsky expert will say, that's pretty good. And it's at a 74 out of 10 reviews on Metacritic. Um, I will open the floor to the the man behind the man, uh, Adriano. What were your thoughts and opinions? How does this change everything for you when it comes to the whale? Uh, well, my initial thoughts were, let's fucking go. Uh, <laughs> like, we're, yep. in, we're in an unbelievable amount of euphoria, especially considering who, who, who has been receiving unanimous, like, insane amounts of praise. Even, even in the bad reviews. Even like, in the bad reviews, it's giving major, like, it's not the same thing, but almost into a Joaquin Phoenix and Joker kind of extent. Um I really do think that this is like it, it's almost exactly what I was expecting. Like you know, yeah, there's a couple of the mixed reviews. It's an Aronofsky movie, like it's inevitable, but like it's still mainly very positive, and that's mm-hmm. definitely like it could push it to the major nods that it needs. And you know, A24 obviously has a much much bigger contender on their hands with everything everywhere all at once. But honestly, I see no reason why they're not going to push Brendan Fraser, especially with the amount of just overwhelming swell of support that Brendan Fraser has. Like, just everyone's rooting for him. Mm. And apparently it's making people sob. So it's like, you have Brendan Fraser, you're campaigning this actor who's getting praise and everyone's rooting for him and it's making everyone cry. It's like, maybe they don't need to push the whale that hard. You know, maybe they can just get in off of their Frasier push, which I, which is right now what I'm predicting happening. Plus, it does have, you know, I'm, I was initially going in thinking, oh, Sadie Singh is going to be the big supporting actress player, but I'm hearing a lot of Hong Chao as well. So that's, you know, very interesting. 
but very, very happy. I've been hearing a lot of Hung Chow for months now because somebody on this podcast has been screaming her name uh, from the Raptors. So, Kenzie, how, how do you feel about all the whale talk? Well, first and foremost, I'm very excited to hear Hung Chow's name repeatedly, even from a lot of people I know that did not like this movie that I want to preface don't like Aronofsky movies, so I'm not shocked they didn't like it. Um, And I think if anyone is listening and they're like new to partaking in Oscar conversations, he is an insane person. He's my favorite working director, but he is insane. He is not for everyone. And I don't mean his movies. I mean him. Like he is not the easiest person to have in a room for some people because he's very passionate and I think you can sense that in every aspect of his filmmaking but so this movie getting generally positive reviews was absolutely just like mind-blowing to me because I just feel like his filmmaking is so powerful and intense and this story is something I was really like concerned to see put on screen and I think there's a reason he said it took him 10 years to not only have the script finalized with um, Sam and with who to cast and just every aspect of it. And I think that is what is making this movie so emotional for some people to watch is because you can feel all of that hard work come through. And not only with Darren Aronofsky's filmmaking, but with the actors, particularly Brendan Fraser, because like Adriano's saying all of these reviews that don't even like the movie, they all talk about how powerful his performance is and that like you cannot walk away from this movie not thinking he is one of the best actors working. And like for someone, if you have not read it, I came out, I think 2018, GQ did a profile on him. Um, on Brendan Fraser kind of explaining where he went um, and what happened to him. And so just this return to form for him, because for many of us, he was in every movie we saw for like five years in a row, like whether it be The Mummy or Blast from the Past or just like he was always there. Looney Tunes back in action. Yeah. That was my favorite movie as a kid. (laughs) I had that that and I had the video game. I love the video game so much, unironically. But it's just like... So it's really like emotional in general. And then it sounds like the movie like runs high on emotions and various kinds of emotions. And I don't expect anything less from an Aronofsky movie, if I'm being honest, but I am just really thrilled that even some people I know that don't like him like this movie. So that's just the whirling. And honestly, all I wanted from this movie was it to be something like Mother like the wrestler that inspire conversations. And it sounds like that movie's already doing this. And that is something that I am so desperate for in the Oscar conversation. Um, Oscar wise, I know this movie from people I know that saw it before Venice, that it is a lock for makeup and probably winning. Um, But, um, and if you haven't read it, Vanity Fair did an interview with Aronofsky and Frazier and, there's like a few quotes about the makeup work um, made with 3D printers. It is insane. Um, I can't wait to see it. Um, A24, just anything, just anything. A poster, another still, I don't know, just something. No, no, no. 
I want them to release nothing until next Monday. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'm so excited. I literally, I don't know about everybody. I just assume everybody. I can't stop watching videos of him getting his applause before the movie, after the movie. He's trying to leave the theater and he can't because people are still going. Um, Dude, I'm getting emotional thinking about yeah, that. Yeah, it is really overwhelming. And I think that the narrative... I, I think he's in. I think he's getting a nomination. Oh, yeah. Which we always knew. But I think that, like, he's not someone who's going to have a target on his back for being a front runner. I think it's only going to help him because he has a narrative, the performance. He has a, like, whether you want to consider him a household name or not, he is a director that people know their names, and that's only mm-hmm. going to help him. Um, and to me, it seems like you get him in a room with people, they're going to vote for him. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, if A24 is smart, they're going to put him everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I don't know who I want him to do actors on actors with, but it better be someone good. Yeah. But yeah. I can't. No, I agree. I just, I'm, I was really emotional, like, reading everything. And I just am so happy that Darren is back. But Darren, everyone has a question for you. Where was the scarf? <laughs> That smug bastard. <laughs> How dare you dress for summer? How dare you? But I'm so excited. The responses are just amazing. And please let me see it, A24. Please let me see it. I can't, like, please. I, I am not blessed. I'm not going to TIFF. Please let me see it. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. I, um, no, I agree with all of that. I think. Uh, I think Brendan is definitely in, and like you said, I don't think he's going to have the target. I think another film that we're about to talk about will have the target um, for a while. But I think you brought it up, Kenzie, where you you referenced the wrestler, which, in my opinion, is my favorite Aronofsky. Um, but I also think it's one of his most like personal and human just in terms of storytelling and i love those i love hearing those things because it makes me think that he's going to take this which we have to note this film is probably going to get ripped up like to shreds with you know clips and whatever taken out of context and stuff like that um I specifically it, read that both Sadie Sink and Samantha Morton, once this is on digital, their clips will go viral and like it will just be the worst day on Twitter. But yeah, so. honestly, you could pick up any movie from like 2014, 2016 that's like Aronofsky or any other like, not like artsy director, but a little out there director and mm-hmm. it would go viral. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think. I think hearing that makes me excited for the actual emotion that's going to come behind it. Um, because that's what, that's what I want from Aronofsky. And that's what I want from Brendan Fraser. I was glad that I was glad to hear that it's, it's him that's leading the charge, you know, even in a lot of the bad reviews, it's, you know, they say the movie doesn't live up to his performance, which of course I haven't seen and I don't know, but getting that unanimous praise is kind of, it's just kind of telling. Um, to pivot from the reactions into the films still set to premiere. And thanks to our lovely writers over at OscarCentral.com, Kenzie, we have all of the Venice 
um, projected times that we're going to be able to see reactions for some of these movies. Um, so first off, you guys, if you are listening to this, it probably is on Monday, September the 5th. We're recording this on Sunday, September the 4th. So Don't Worry Darling is screening at 8.30 a.m. in Venice. So that means it will have its projected um, reactions will come out around 1.30 Central Time. That's just for me, 2.30 Eastern and 11.30 Pacific. Um, what is everyone's thoughts? Without getting too much into it, because I know we could sit here and talk for hours about everything else, yeah. solely based on the movie, what is everyone's thoughts going into um, going into tomorrow's screening? Um, thankfully for you, I don't give a shit about the controversy. Um, <laughs> Me either. Yeah, um, I I'm excited for to see this movie. Like no, nothing that's been said about it has strayed me. I've heard people going, "Oh, it might be last night in Soho," and I'm like, "Yeah, I love that movie. <laughs> Bring it to me. Give it to me now. You're making me more excited." Um, yeah, no, it looks interesting. I loved Booksmart, and obviously this is a vastly different movie. Um, you know, I've only seen the first trailer, and for the first trailer, I can kind of tell that the message is not is you know very Clark Kent disguised, but like you know, I'm still I love a good thriller. And this looks like it could be very entertaining and interesting. And I love to see Florence Pugh crush it. So I'm I'm still excited for this movie. I don't. I, my guess is the reactions are going to be, at worst, like mixed positive. Like I don't see like straight dog shit. But mm-hmm. like I I'm, I'm excited to see it. I'm intrigued. That's that's exactly what I'm thinking. Um, I am still excited to see this. Uh-huh. Um, I'm worried. I'm worried that there will be a lot of more think pieces tomorrow about everything else going on behind, which is really disheartening because the movie should be taken as the movie is taken. It shouldn't be whatever else. So, uh, but I am excited to see it and I'm excited to see the reactions and I hope that they're good. Um, I actually do like Harry Styles as an actor. I loved him in Dunkirk um, and I love Florence Pugh so much. So yeah. Oh, and Chris Pine. I cannot... No one is talking about him because he's not the center of attention right now. But like, Chris he is Pine's going. He is going yes. to premiere in the press conference. So, I, like, I personally cannot wait for this movie. And honestly, I've tuned out all the controversy because at the beginning it was all started by Harry Styles fans, and then film critics started covering it. There, like, I will say, if I can say, there are some justifiable criticisms mm-hmm. of some stuff that went down behind the scenes, but a lot of it is really like chill out, yeah. you know. And, like, a lot of it's, like, not from reliable sources, which is something that gives me pause. I just, I don't think this would be happening to a male director. And I think that there are actually male directors who have movies coming out shortly that um, aren't being questioned like this or, like, discussed nonstop on the internet. Um, But I'm really excited and, like, Adriana was saying like this is such a departure from Booksmart that I'm so excited to see what she does with this movie um and Matthew Libatique just like two days in a row crushing Venice um love to see it but I love Kiki Lane I think she is an amazing actress I think she is beautiful and I can't wait to see her and whatever she's doing in this movie I mean I don't want to say that she's like a housewife in this movie but 
Um, and I'm really excited to see the costume design because from the trailers, it looks like every household fits a different era. And I think that's really exciting. So, yeah. Um, all right. Uh, after that, literally right after that, at 3, um, three Eastern time, 12 Pacific time, um, we have the Banshees of Inishirin which I know everyone in here is super excited to hear about. Um, you know, is Brendan Gleeson going to be in the Octor, Octor, Oscar race? Um, what is Martin McDonough going to do with this kind of in Bruce follow-up? Um, I'll start with Kenzie this time. What are your kind of thoughts going into tomorrow's drop um, of so the Banshees? I know someone who saw it was lucky enough to see this and they weren't allowed to tell me much other than the cinematography is some of the best of the year. And I'm so excited to hear about that. I love In Bruges. I used to watch it every Friday with my best friend growing up, actually. We thought it was one of the funniest movies ever. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm excited for this reunion. And it's Colin Farrell year. Like the Batman after Yang this. Like he is one of the best people working. He's gotten better with age. I feel like he's always been a little underrated. I would love to see him break through and get into lead actor, like, and Brendan Gleeson get into supporting actor. I am unsure if this movie will come into the race with as much power as... Um, three billboards. Yeah, three billboards. But, I mean, we'll see. I... I think it'll be a player. I'm just not sure, like, to what extent. But I, no matter what, I'm excited for this movie. This mm -hmm. seems incredible. But I know Adriano's more excited. Yeah, yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Martin McDonough fan. I, I think the shit that Three Billboards get is so stupid. Um, I don't get it personally. I think it's a great movie, and I love In Bruges and I love Seven Psychopaths. So I'm very excited for this movie, and I've been on the train that's saying, guys, Colin Farrell, this guy's the real deal. Like I'm telling you, he's he could get in this year and I haven't taken him out since uh, I think April. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited. I'm in, you know, Oscar said, I'm just excited for this movie. I, you know, just got to give me another McDonald's mug looks a little lighter than his other movies. Like it looks a little more subdued. I was told the description a few months before the, tra uh, before the trailer even came out uh, that it was like a more comedic, less insane version of the lighthouse. And I'm like, put that in my mouth right now like especially brendan gleason in that yeah. kind of uh -huh. role like i can't wait to see that <laughs> there's that part in the trailer at the end he's just like shutting him out and it's like it's just like to his face it is so good it, it looks hilarious they just have really great chemistry so i'm excited to see them reunited with martin like mm -hmm. like just it feels like it's just the three of them, obviously, even though Martin's just behind the scenes, but it just feels mm. so good to see them. All what a great year together. to be named Brendan. Literally. Yeah. Also, I'm really excited for Barry in this movie. I yeah. I think he's so exciting. And it's also really funny that like technically Colin and him were in the Batman together. Yeah. Spoiler that's alert. true. Spoiler alert, I guess, for a movie that came out in March. Um, so him and Colin have done a lot of movies together. Uh, this would be what their fourth. Yeah, right. I think so. 
basically you have to watch um why can't i think of any movie titles right now you have to watch killing, like, of, killing a sacred, of a sacred deer yeah. before you see banshees to understand the movie that's what i heard no i'm i'm excited for banshees as well i think this is one of those movies where just as a fan i think oscars or not i'm just excited to see it i think even if it come if it screens and it comes out to rave reviews and it you know leaves with a lone screenplay nomination or even none i'm still i still feel like i will love the movie it won't change my opinion or anything like that and i think this is one that can just be a fun you know get together of friends and colleagues and co-workers and all that kind of stuff and um you know come back out and just make a run at it i think it's going to be a blast and i'm just honestly really excited uh two days after tomorrow or after today if you're listening to it on monday wednesday september the 7th um the sun is having its premiere it will be at 8 30 a.m in venice so you can expect a 11 30 or 2 30 uh 11 30 pacific time 2 30 eastern time um drop of those reactions uh i'll start with adriana this time i know that the trailer just came out or the teaser trailer just came out for this did that sway you in any way did it change your mind did it give you any highs lows anything like that and what are you what are the reactions you're expecting out of this so that teaser, in my opinion, did that movie zero favors. Um, I It's not a great teaser. It really isn't. I think the movie's going to be great. I think it's going to be a fantastic movie. But if I was go- if I knew nothing about that, if I did not see The Father, I was like, hey, check out this uh, random trailer starring Hugh Jackman and Lord Dern of S. Kirby. I'd be like, that kind of looks fine. <laughs> like it, For me, it kind of confirmed my suspicions that Florian Zell is just not going to be a director contender. Um, mm-hmm. But what am I expecting? I'm expecting raves. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, obviously after one movie, I can't say all oh, Florian Zeller, he can't miss. Cause like, you know, he probably can, we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'm expecting a great movie here. I'm expecting fantastic performances, of course, by Hugh Jackman, um, Vanessa Kirby, who I absolutely love. Um, and Laura Dern and Zen McGrath. I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued by, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I, I do have some reservations because that son of a bitch Hugh Jackman could ruin Brendan Fraser's damn Oscar. I'm I I'm I'm I feel confident in Brendan as confident as I can be, but like you know, I am you know Hugh Jackman can form as a competition. Um that fucking Australian bastard. Um but um uh you know I, I'm excited for the son. I love the father like everybody else. Um and you know I'm I, I do. I, I will say this is the only movie at TIFF that I 100% am seeing because I already bought a ticket for it. Um, nice. So I'm very excited for it, and I'm ex- I'm expecting great things for this movie, even if I'm not expecting something. I don't know if it's going to be better than The Father. I don't know if that's how good this is going to be, but because you know, I know I'm pretty sure it lacks like the thematics and the I don't want to say gimmick because it sounds negative, but like you get what I mean. The production design aspect of it. Yeah, I don't think it's gonna be in the sun, but like I'm mm-hmm. still I'm still expecting something that'll make make the tears come out of my eyeballs. I thought I thought from the very least from the uh, from the teaser, um, and I said this in our group chat. I think that from the little we saw 
it looks like Hugh Jackman is going to have monologues that are pretty powerful. And that's really what did it for me in the fact of, I still think Hugh Jackman is a top two contender. I think today's reactions for Brendan were massive. And I think that that, that helped me keep him in front for now. Um, but it could be one of those things where the sun is a more showier ro- role and the whale is a more kind of emotional, nuanced kind of... I don't know if I agree with that because, like, Brendan has, like, the prosthetics and stuff. So I and think... Yeah, which... I think what I'm getting from it is that his is, like, a this is bare bones acting. But the thing that I was worried about with Brendan was that people were going to say, oh, it's the prosthetics, like, the Gary mm-hmm. Oldman of it all. But yeah. all of the reviews that I read point out that it is not that, that the prosthetics aren't carrying the performance, that mm-hmm. it is Brendan Fraser. But I do think the Hugh Jackman performance will, like, not the performance, but the conversation around it, especially for people that are, like, fighting for that over Brendan Fraser's performance, will pinpoint, like, this is bare bones acting. He's not doing yeah. it it's- with... It just seems louder, in my opinion. But, but I will, uh, but I will say I, that doesn't that doesn't lead well to an Oscar win. I will say that that and like yeah. what I was talking about with Adriano because he tweeted something about how Hugh Jackman is not overdue, and not. it's because you cannot pinpoint a performance in his career that like I love him in prison because I'm not a huge Hugh Jackman fan, but I love him in Prisoners. I think he is just breathtakingly. Mm-hmm devastating in that movie so i'm kind of terrified for this because florian zeller knows how to um make you cry a bit but it's just like reading everything about the whale i it feels like that performance is gonna have that and more Mm -hmm. and that is something that i think will help carry brendan over but it is gonna be really interesting because what i got from the teaser which is not what everybody else got but Nicole has been saying this too. What if the supporting ladies get in and then Hugh doesn't? That that feels. I don't know if I buy that, but, but like I can definitely. I what I can see is them outshining him. Yeah, yeah. and I just I'm not going to say that's going to happen, obviously, no. because he is a great actor. He's just not my favorite kind of actor, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Australia. but uh, I just I will say though that the lead actor performance I've been excited about all year or that I've seen is Austin Butler and him getting in only helps Brendan Fraser where Hugh Jackman getting in and having good reviews behind him is going to not hurt Brendan Fraser but put them like neck and neck essentially Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it feels Oh, I'm excited well, yes, for the sun. I just, I, I didn't watch the trailer for the father, which I didn't realize until I saw the father that I just like didn't watch anything about it. There was a trailer. But well, I, I, I saw the movie before the trailer came out. Okay, I think I did too, actually, because I got a screener for it from someone, and I was not expecting it to like ruin my life the way it did. <laughs> um. So I'm kind of bummed that I ran to watch the Sun teaser, but I mean, now that that we know what Florian Zeller's writing and his adapting of plays can do to you, that and what he's able to do with what appears on paper to be so little, but once you watch the movie, 
you're just like blown away by what he's able to pull off. Um, but I, I too, I'm kind of curious, like Adriano about the, not, it's not a gimmick, but I mean, it is, but like. For lack of a better term. Yeah, like it is not a gimmick, but it's like. It's not a gimmick at all, but like. The way he utilized it? production design to engulf you in what was happening in the story is not something I feel is going to happen in the sun. Mm-hmm like Adriano was saying. So I do wonder, like, what does that do when you're racking up, like, nominations for it? Yeah. Um, But, I mean, we obviously have to wait and see because I didn't know that about The Father. And then I was, like, blown away by it. And then I also thought that movie was too small to get a nomination like that. So I was very, like, wow, like, what did happen? So we'll see. But I do think, like, this cast is more a name recognizable to people even outside of like film Twitter and award season. Like my mom knows all these actors, which she did not yeah. really know Olivia Coleman other than the favorite, you know? So mm-hmm. we'll see. I just, I'm very excited, but I'm also like Adriano has been saying, it's not like top tier Oscar contender. As of the moment. Yeah. And also you I will know, say back, to, we'll say one more major argument. Since you brought up Austin Butler, I will say one thing that really makes you think that like it's going to be like Brendan can survive this is, you know, like Elvis, that's a two-hander. Like Butler stands up, but that's a two-hander between Butler and Hanks. Uh, the Sun is probably more Hugh, but that's a that's an ensemble piece. Mm-hmm. The Whale, from what we can tell, that's pure Brendan. Like that's mm-hmm. Brendan's yeah. show. I was, um, was going to actually say to your guys's point as well which is opposite of my point it in a way gives off the same feeling of chadwick versus anthony hopkins whereas chadwick had the he had the louder monologue heavy um in your face kind of performance and anthony hopkins was more reserved in a way that it seems like brendan could be playing just based on like the role that he's playing. I don't know if the whale lends to like deep monologues or if it's just pure like acting and reacting prowess. Um, but I, I think that that is something he that is alone for like yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. And a lot of it's like not internal, but just kind of like him not speaking to people. But I, I read a few things that make me think it could be kind of like that but I am just like the I don't think Hugh Jackman's narrative is as for an Oscar not mm-hmm. role I don't think it's as nope. strong as people think it is nope I I agree I think I'm glad I'm one of the few people in the world and Nicole's not on so I can say this I'm one of the few people that is happy he got a nomination for Les Mis um I wish he would have got one for the prisoners because I think that that is a devastating role. But I do think other than that, you kind of look at his career and you think that, you know, he was unbelievable in Logan. Unbelievable. But I still think Patrick Stewart Stewart outshined him. Um, Everything else. And this is a guy who had him winning in his early predictions for the greatest show. (laughs) back back in my younger years uh when i released my like year in advance predictions i had the uh him and um zach efron winning for the greatest showman so just to just to put myself out there for a second i feel like i've grown as a pundit over the years 
um but yeah i mean just it seems like people want him to have this narrative that he doesn't actually have yeah um and that's and let me be clear about that that's not an insult towards hugh but no 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 no. but like that's just he's that's just not who he is you know like he's not there i i've i've been saying i think there are two people in this race that i can think of off the top of my head that have an overdue narrative for a nomination and an overdue narrative for a win. The nomination's Paul Dano and the win is Michelle Williams. Those are the only two that I would give the well, Michelle overdue Yeo, narrative. Uh, Michelle Yeoh too. But see, I in the same in the same thing that Kinsey was saying, I do think Michelle Yeoh like is a deserving actress of a nomination, mm-hmm. but I don't think she's necessarily too overdue for one in a sense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. To me, it's... overdue. To me, overdue is something. In terms of a nomination, especially, is someone who I think of and I go, "How they? How have they never been nominated?" Like that seems weird. It's kind of like Sam Jackson, where it's like, "How has he never won? Like, how has he only have one nomination?" That's what I think of when I think of overdue. You know what I mean? And to me, that yeah. rings as Michelle, Michelle Yeo, and also Paul Dano. Um, I see Kinsey has some smirks. Do you have anything you want to add to this this conversation? I. I agree that Michelle Yeoh deserves recognition, but I can only really pinpoint like one other performance that she could have been nominated for. And I do consider like overdue, like what would they have been nominated for? What would they have won for specifically? And that's why, but I do think like the trajectory of her career, it's shocking that she doesn't have a nomination. Yeah, but I agree. And I do think that'll help get her in, but I don't think she's like, like, I think like career wise, she's overdue, but I also wonder specifically with her, what opportunities was she not given as an actress of color and an actress from like, it's just like, I feel like there are, there may have been roles she lost out on or movies that weren't able to be part of the conversation. Um, But it's exciting to see her in the conversation for a movie and a performance that are worthy, but I don't think she's overdue, like specifically for performance. Um, and you know who else is not overdue? Margot, Margot Robbie. Robbie. Not even remotely. <laughs> not even. <laughs> let's, let's just stop all of that right in its so, I love her too, but come on now. Overdue? <laughs> overdue? Is she 30? Um, like, <laughs> I feel like she's younger. And yeah, she might actually be younger. No, she's 32. She's 32. Oh, never okay. mind. I was about to say, <laughs> she's one of those people I feel like she seems way younger than she is, but um, that's still very young. She has two Oscar nominations, I think five BAFTA nominations, right? Because they nominated her twice, yeah. Um, uh, I think it might be, but she I will look is insanely not overdue, not, not even remotely, and honestly like obviously no one has seen anything from Babylon but between like Kate Blanchett, Olivia Coleman getting like career best reviews with their careers like she's not gonna win like she I has four she has four BAFTA nominations and yeah. a rising star nominee okay oh. but um Michelle Yeoh in the best actress race over Margot Robbie, like even without seeing Babylon, I'm gonna mm-hmm. say I would vote for Michelle Yeoh yeah, because of that narrative of like 
you want her to have an Oscar. Whereas Margot Robbie, I feel like she'll be back. She's specifically like she has time. seven things lined up that you're like, oh, she's gonna win for that. So like she's going to win next year, and if she doesn't, everything will burn to the ground by me. Um, she's going to win for Barbie. She has her she has her movies coming up. I will say uh, next year is going to be a nightmare for phone Twitter because it's basically it's Margot Robbie and Barbie versus Carrie Mulligan. Yeah. Oh. Um, well, as far as we know. Yeah. Um, moving on from that, the only last one that we have and probably the most controversial one mm-hmm. um, is on Thursday, September the 8th, which will be the first day of TIFF, which we will talk about in just a second. Um at 8.30 a.m. in Venice time, Blonde will be having its premiere. Um, so you can expect around a 2.30 Eastern time, 11.30 Pacific time um, release of thoughts from that. I have a lot of reservations about this movie, as I feel like most people maybe should. Um I'm still very, I am intrigued to see how it releases, but I don't know. I am still very, very cautious about this movie just in general. Um, Kenzie, what do you think about the blonde of it all? Um, That I... That one interview Anna Armas did made me even less excited about it, um, questioning why people are so caught off guard that it's NC-17 when it features a sexual assault on a real person that never happened. Um, but, and like her confirming all these crazy things I don't even want to talk about. Um, but I am not excited for the discourse around this movie, but I also think it's really warranted for people to express their concerns because Marilyn Monroe was a real person and because she literally was torn apart by this industry. So it's very frustrating that years after her death, the industry is still essentially doing the same thing to her. Um, But I love Andrew Dominic's past films, so I am excited to see what they look like, what the film looks like, but I'm just not excited for it. I don't even, I don't trust the Venice audience either um, to give it like the appropriate review, but I'm also like, I'm very conflicted about how they'll ask them questions during the press conference because European circuits are very different from how they ask questions of during press conferences like this versus how American outlets do. Um, But it'll be a bad day on Twitter and it'll be a bad day on Twitter when it drops on Netflix, which is unfortunately the same day Don't Worry Darling comes out, but... Uh, It comes out in theaters the same day as Don't Worry Darling. Mm -hmm. Does it? I thought it it comes out in theaters here next week. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. I, I got Canada brain. It comes out in theaters in Toronto on the twenty third, which is the same day as Don't Worry, Darling. I, and it comes out on Netflix on the twenty eighth. Oh, it comes yeah. out. Well, whatever. I just it's going to be terrible, but I'm not excited. I I do like Anna de Armas, but the way she's been talking about it, and now two interviews I've read just made me feel like the point kind of went over. 
her head as to why people are upset. Um, but I mean, we'll Listen, see. I, I, think I she, like Ana de Armas too. I love and her. I, but like, I am excited for the costume design, but I am curious, like, at what point between that and Elvis are we like, you're just recreating things we already saw? Um, but I think with Elvis, there was a lot of intricate work done and they've put out featurettes that you can watch about that. So I'm curious if they'll do the same with this. But I do wonder because I know Marilyn Monroe's estate is obviously very controversial because kind of went to anyone, um, but they are not on board with this movie during the production. So I'm not sure how much they got access to, but a lot of Marilyn Monroe's belongings are just up like at public places. So it's, they could have just gotten access through that. Um, but I do expect everyone who was mad about Kim Kardashian to be mad about this movie because it is far worse. It is far worse to her memory and her legacy. Yeah. Um, I, um, I will, we'll see it. We'll see it soon. Um, I know, I'm not sure when I will get to see it. Uh, I know it'll be sometime in the next couple weeks. Um, but I am, I'm just very cautious about it. And I'm cautious about the, uh, the reactions, which again, come out on the 8th, uh, which as I mentioned earlier, the 8th will be the first day of TIFF for Adriano and I. Um, so we're pivoting away from the festival recap so far into what is coming up. And for those out there, um, just to give quick plugs before we get to the end plugs, Adriano and I will be watching all of these movies, reviewing all of these movies, talking about all these movies on our Twitters, on Letterboxd, on wherever you can find us, we'll be doing it. And this is a little sneak peek for everyone who is listening. There might be some words written about these movies on oscarscentral.com so just look out for that and look out for potential reviews on the site itself um but adriano do you want to go first when it comes to your schedule what you're really excited for what you i guess you already said the only one that you have confirmed um but do you just want to go ahead and talk about your schedule a little bit yeah, am I running through the entire schedule or am I just <laughs> uh just run through run through yeah, run through what you're I guess most looking forward to on like specific days and just when just so the people can get a thought of when you will be, you know, talking about them. Um okay, so first of all, for me TIFF starts on Tuesday because I am going to an early uh TIFF screening for Pearl, the X for for people who don't know he is cheating. He already lives there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and potentially on Wednesday, I'm going, potentially, I'm going to a um, midnight madness screening of The Barbarian. Um, but then, of course, Thursday, um, I for Thursday, I have three movies planned. Triangle, Sadness, Women Talking, and Living. Uh, okay. all, these, all these are press screenings. Um, I'm very interested in, obviously, Triangle, Sadness, and Women Talking, but I'm also intrigued by Living, because I've heard some damn good things about uh, I'm Bill so Knight. excited to hear what you think about that I, yeah I'm, I'm, I have no idea what to expect I've been kind of wondering about him and um, best actor so that's exciting that you're gonna see it yeah I'm, I'm, I, I'm uh, triangle sadness though I'm very hyped 
because I love a good I love a good satire. Yeah, I so let's actually just go day by day and we can do both of them so that we don't go through the whole thing. And then uh, but I was just going to say, for me, I also have triangle of sadness. Um, and then I'm going to try to hustle and bustle my way over to decision to leave. And then I do have living as well. Um, and then given, depending on if it all works out, I will be trying to see weird that night. If I don't, I'll just see it the next day. But yeah, that's something um, we can probably um, just imply right away that like for press screenings, we can safely say we're going to go see them. But for yes. public screenings, we're, we get our tickets tomorrow, but uh, but members and um mm. insiders got their tickets already so some of the stuff might be sold out so yep take our public ones with a, a grain of salt yes um yeah so the weird one will be the you know premiere um and i'm actually for that i was telling kenzie a couple days ago i think we're underestimating daniel ratcliffe in the golden globe race oh i think i think ratcliffe is getting <laughs> for this well um, it's we? good the Golden Globes are televised. We just don't have official confirmation, right? Yes. Because that article so. was kind of like, yeah, it's coming. And then they were like, no, it's not. I just think like maybe they pushed publish too quickly. Mm. But I, because I think like Elvis and um, I can't think of the other one that I was thinking, but those are definitely going drama, not comedy musical. And I think that he'll for sure not only get in, but he'll win. Yeah, no, I absolutely. Oh, Weird Al? Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know if he's been uh, Colin Farrell. That's true. Especially because he won for In Bruges, right? Yeah. 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 But I, he's for but yeah, sure. Yeah, we're in. definitely going comedy. This is, yeah. This is, I mean, this is one that I, it is so bizarre. And I actually did really like the new trailer a lot, oh, actually. Um, I think this is so bizarre. I think it has the perfect amount of Dewey Cox, Weird Al mix that I'm just going to die for. Um, I want to get into this uh, premiere screening so bad because I think it's going to be the most enjoyable screening of the whole time. Um, I am just all for weird. And I <laughs> just something I never would have thought. Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge Walk Hard fan. And I'm hoping, I hope weird, what happens with weird is kind of what happened with Walk Hard, where not that it Walk Hard blew up by any means, but it definitely kind of, it, it nailed musical biopics so, so to a T that it fucked musical biopics over for a while until Bohemian Rhapsody kind of made, kind of blew it up again. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping weird does that, you know? Yeah, no, I, I agree. And just to go with it, John C. Riley was nominated for a Golden Globe for Walk Hard, and I do think that this was this was something that gave John C. Riley that sort of, I which I get at this point he was already an Oscar nominee, uh, but I think this was the one that really put him from character side actor into a leading role, um, yeah. which I do think Daniel Radcliffe is a he's a really fun actor, and I love the projects that he picks and I hope that this gives him more opportunities in the future. Um, going on to Friday for me, I am opening the morning with the inspection. Um, and then I will be seeing weird if I don't see it the night before. Um, and I also have roost and Emily roost will be up in the air, depending on if I can get to it in time, all that kind of stuff. 
but Emily, I will be seeing as long as I can get a ticket, which I think I should be able to. But I am really excited for that. I'm a big Emma Mackey fan. And um, I think that one will be a lot of fun. What do you have for Friday? I will say I forgot to add Emily in there. I should probably sneak that in there after this is over. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, but Friday, I got a full day. I got, I'm got. i starting the morning with Moving On at 9.30, which is the Jane Fonda, Lily Tomlin movie, which I will say a lot of the movies I'm going to see seem pretty depressing. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping for a nice... nice the, best, the best movie. Yeah, exactly. 11.45, a lot of the time, because I made this best case scenario schedule. So I decided to fill a lot of like open slots with like some random mm-hmm. press screening that I'm like, all right, I'll do the extra work. I'm, I'm fine. So I put in this movie called On the Come Up, which is uh, about like, it's based oh. on like a book yeah. from the novel of The Hate You Give. And it's about like this high school uh, student like, trying to become like a, ra- a battle rapper. I'm like, that looks interesting. I'll go, I'll go catch that in between moving on and weird, which I do plan on seeing in the press reading at 245. Um, and then after that, I'm going to go to try to see the new Stephen Frears movie with Sally Hawkins, The Lost King. And then at 9.45, I am hoping to God I get to go see, go to the premiere of Bros, which is a movie I'm so, so excited for because I love a good studio rom-com. And I'm like, God, I really hope I get, I get that ticket tomorrow. Yeah. Um, yeah and no, Adriano I, was the first person I saw of any website consider Bros an original screenplay. Like, of any Which website. is like, wild. Yep. Like, why yeah. is nobody, it's such a historic movie. Why wouldn't, like, why wouldn't it get an original screenplay? It, it would be it would be one of those like nominate the nominate the screenplay nominate the movie kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like bridesmaids. Like yeah. it's recognizing comedy and honestly, like the best place for a comedy other than acting, like the writing is what makes good comedies, specifically romantic comedies, really stand out. But I just want to say I'm still so shocked that um, Ticket to Paradise was never announced for TIFF. Yeah, that was bros. It's like they're like, this is our rom com, this is our big ensemble, other than Glass Onion. But every day I was waiting on the eyeballs to be like Julia Roberts and George Clooney and Caitlin Deaver are coming. Yeah, that was, I was also expecting that. But I really hope that you get into bros because I'm very excited. I want to see it. You were like its first Oscar championer, so yeah. Yeah, well, okay. Well, credit goes to my friend, the Oscar expert, because he put the idea in my brain, and I'm like, and I, I'm, and I ran with you it. You were like, I'm gonna tweet. This. I'm like, I'm running. Well, no, he, 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 he didn't. I'm sorry, sorry, but I'm putting on blast. Uh, he didn't. If you're listening, um, I, he, he didn't go through with it, but I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going through with it. I'm that actually sounds like a real thing. Um, Saturday. What do you have lined up for Saturday? So at 9 a.m., I'm planning on going to the Woman King press screening. Same. Which I should probably preface. A lot of these are like, if let, let's say I don't get into bros, I'm probably going to go to the press screening that morning because mm. the Woman King, you know, it's going to be out while Tip is going on. So yeah. I can. This I can is all this is all subject to change. Uh, this yeah. is just the first the look scenario. at it. Yes. Yeah, but I do plan on going to the Woman King at 9 a.m. Um, and then after that, at 1130, I'm going to see the ins- well, hopefully seeing the inspection. Uh, public, which looks pretty good. Uh, then 3.40, I'm seeing a movie called I Like Movies, which is looks like a movie I'm going to resonate with because it's about a, a movie-obsessed kid who grew up in suburban Ontario, which is where I live. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can get something good out of that. And then, again, I need to preface best-case scenario, 6 p.m., Glass Onion, A Knives on Mystery, the premiere. 
again, very need to need to stress that. Like, I, I don't think I'm getting that ticket, but hey, a boy can dream. And speaking of a boy can dream, 9.15, I got the Fablemans, um, the premiere. Again, I, I, I need, if, if tickets are available, yes. If not, I'm seeing it the next morning. Uh, for me, I'm seeing The Woman King as well. And then I will be seeing women talking at 11.45. Um, I will be at, actually, I won't be at Causeway because I will take too long. I might try to find something in the middle, but I actually am. That's my only confirm is going to Glass Onion. Um, and oh, I'm you got mystery. Ticket? Yeah, I got a ticket and I'm going to the uh, after party. So that's one I am very much looking forward to. Um, not to brag or anything, but yeah. So I won't be going to anything else that day. I will be just doing the Woman King, Woman Talking, hopefully something in between Woman Talking and Glass Onion that's not trying to pick out an outfit with probably Kinsey on the line. Um, so moving on to Sunday, I'm actually opening the day, hopefully with the Fablemans. There's two Fablemans right next to each other. Um, and I hope both press P and I's, I hope I can get into one of those. Uh, then at 12, I have the Harry Styles movie of the year, My Policeman um, with, at 3.30. Um, star, Miss Emma Corrin, who... Yes they are getting rave reviews for their performance in Lady Chatterley's Lover, which I'm very excited about. Um, but I'm just excited to see what they wear. I, they always take such risks and between them and Harry Styles, I feel like it'll be very exciting to see them both. Yeah, well, knowing that they have to be there because they won the award. Um, then I have, after that, I have Chevalier, which I'm very excited for. Uh, with Kelvin Harrison Jr., someone who I recently moved into my top 10 of best picture, or not best picture, best actor odds. Yep, you just put Kelvin in your best picture. <laughs> yeah, as he should be. Um, as he should be. Yeah, he does have great pictures of him. <laughs> ending the day with another person who has great pictures of him, uh, Carmen with Paul Mescal. Hmm. Um, so that is I my wonder if Natalie Portman Sunday. will be there to support her husband. I hope. I hope. I hope. I would love to see her there. Oh, and Nicholas Bertel doing the score. Yeah. Yes. I'm oh. definitely there. Yeah. Damn. Definitely there. So that is that's my Sunday. What about you? Uh, so apparently, me and Jacob are hanging out a lot on on the 11th because. Well, okay, sorry, will be that's with not us true. A lot too, I think. So, because we are going, because I'm also going to the My Policeman at 12 and Chevalier at 3:30. The only two differences is that. At 8.55, I'm going to see the menu instead of the Fablements because hopefully I will have seen it the night before. I'm so excited for the menu because it looks so much speed and also has my girl, Anna Taylor Joy, in it. Um, and then at night, at 8 o'clock, I, again, I was just kind of throwing random movies in there. I saw a movie the other day on the website called The Blackening. And I'm like, that looks yeah, so much I heard speed. about that with the Tim story. Yeah, Tim story. Yeah. And it's like, that looks so my speed. I love a good comedy horror. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go see that at 8 p.m. And then the day's over. Yeah. Um, and then, so the next day is one of my more ambitious days. Um, I'm thinking that I'm going to open them, open the day with Sanctuary. Um, either that or I'm going to try to do Empire of Light into the Whale. If, if God 
permits that I get a ticket, I will be doing Empire of Light into the whale. Uh, it all just depends if I can get a ticket to the whale beforehand. Um, so either Sanctuary, Empire of Light, but definitely trying to see the whale, no matter what. Um, after that, I have After Sun, and that will be it for me unless I don't see something earlier. Um, I have Chevalier and Decision to Leave as backups, but I will be seeing the other Paul Mescal movie that night. So uh, that's it's a pretty quick day for me. It's really a, a kind of backup day for me. Um, what about so you? I am planning on getting, hopefully, getting a public ticket for it, but I'm, I'm, you know, this is the one place where I'm going to be a little pessimistic and say I won't get a ticket. So at 9 a.m. I have the whale, which I'm taking no risks for. I'm coming, I'm going to that theater at six in the morning. I'm, I'm risking nothing. Yeah, I'm seeing that fucking movie before that festival ends. Um, and then at 12, if, if if I don't get a ticket tomorrow, I might be there. I very yeah. much will. I very much will probably be there and just change my day around. Oh yeah, no. Like I, I, if I don't get a ticket to the whale, then everything else is off the table. Um, and then at twelve thirty, I have Alice Darling, but really that's kind of a placeholder. If I don't see glass, if I don't get a glass onion thing, I'm gonna go see glass onion at the press screening that day. And, and or maybe I'm gonna go the in conversation with Damien Chazelle, either or. But right now it's scheduled as Alice Darling, the Anna Kendrick movie. 4 p.m. I have All Quiet on the Western Front, which looks like, you know, I'm excited to see. And then at 9 p.m., like I said, I already am 100% going. I have to take it for the sun at 9 p.m. at the Roy Thompson Hall, which is a beautiful hall. And uh, if, if Jacob, if you're able to, I really recommend you go, you've getting a ticket to any movie to that one. Yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'm trying to go to that one as well. I'm trying to see all of them. Um, I'm so, I mean, the theater. I mean, the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, that's why I'm trying to get a ticket to all the theaters. I'm just really excited to be there and see it. Um, that Tuesday, I'm opening up with the sun um, at 9 a.m. And then I have the Banshees of Inishirin at 1.30. And then I have the Wonder that night. And then ending the night with a very late showing of All Quiet on the Western Front. What do you have? Um, so on the 13th at 8.45, um, I have the Banshees of Sharon because I had seen this on the previous night. Uh, 3 p.m. I have Empire of Light. Um, 5.30, I got Broker. And then I'm ending the night at 9.45 with Holy Spider. Although I, maybe I should swap the, the Wonder and you'll find out why in a second. All right. Well, Hi. Wednesday Holy morning... Spider. Holy Spider is literally like one of my most anticipated of the year. I am so excited to know someone going to see it. Wednesday morning, I know for a fact Adriano and I will be sitting right next to each other. Oh yeah. After our after our 9 a.m. beer run uh, to see Zach Efron and Russell Crowe in the greatest beer run ever. Our beer um, run, I just want to point out our beer run is gonna be better. <laughs> yep, exactly. I then the title is gonna, false advertisement. Uh, and then I am going to go see Holy Spider that afternoon and then Broker that night. So what do you have for Wednesday so far? So 905, I got the greatest beer run ever. Um, at 2 p.m. I have The Wonder, but the reason I said I might have to swap is because The Wonder ends at 348. And then the next movie I have scheduled is Moon Age Daydream at 4 p.m. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that's a tight. I, I can make that, but I don't know if I want to risk it. Is it an IMAX yeah. screening or is it? That's a good question. I'm I not, don't. I'm not hundred yeah. percent sure. 
because the theater that it's in Scotiabank, which there is an IMAX theater in, and it's an amazing IMAX theater. Um, so I'm not 100% sure. I should, I should look into that, actually. Uh, Dan from Next Best Picture, he saw it, and he was, like, really bummed that he didn't see it in IMAX. Shit. I'm I know, seeing I know IMAX next week, but I wonder if the, they'll show it to you in IMAX, because I heard that's, like, the best format for it. Specifically. Well, speaking of IMAX, actually, so after Moon Age Daydream, speaking of IMAX, go at 9 p.m. I got Devotion at the Ontario Place Cinesphere, which plays IMAX movies. Oh, cool! I'm so excited to hear about the sound in that. I heard it. I'm intrigued by Devotion. Yeah. Really um, on Thursday, as of right now, all I have is Sanctuary and Causeway. Again, these are subject to change. Um, and more stuff can be added, more stuff can be taken off. This is just what I have for right now. So what do you have that Thursday? Uh, Thursday, September 15th is when we find out I'm a fucking cyborg because <laughs> I screwed myself over. Um, but I'm going to do this anyway, hopefully. Um, so at 9.30 a.m., I got Prisoner's Daughter. And I got a pretty decent gap between, uh, between that and Sanctuary, which I have at 1 p.m. And here's why I say I'm a cyborg. So Sanctuary, it goes from 1 p.m. to 2.36. I'm going directly from that to Causeway at 3 p.m., which ends at 4.32. And then I'm going directly from that to The Eternal Daughter, which ends, starts at 5.30. And that ends at 7.06. I'm going directly from Eternal Daughter to Decision to Leave at 7.30. So I'm giving myself no breathing room that day. Yeah. Um, that Friday, I'm opening the day with Alleluia. And then the only other thing I have right now is the only shorts that I'm going to go see is it's just called shortcut program zero six. I have a, uh, one of my friend's brothers-in-laws is in one of the movies. So I'm going to go see that. But, um, but yeah, Friday, that Friday, I do have Alleluia with uh, Belfast nominee, Judy Dench. Oh God. Um, so um, <laughs> So September 16th, I'm giving myself, uh, it's a little lighter. I also have Hallelujah in the morning. Um, and then I got, I'm going to 1245. I'm going to the new Hong Sang Soo movie, Walk Up. Mm. And that's all I have scheduled. So I'm probably, that's the day, that's the same day. See how they run comes out, right? I think so. Yeah. So yeah. I'm probably going to go see that. Not TIFF related. <laughs> all right. Um, and then Saturday is my day where I, I decided the last day before I leave, I am cyborging myself out and I will be seeing Raymond and Ray at nine, uh, the good oh, nurse at name. 11, Wendell and wild at three 30. Yeah. I, here's one that I hope you didn't forget to put in, but I will re- remind you if you do butcher's crossing at five 30 with Nicholas cage. So um, I didn't forget. I just couldn't find room for it. And then that night, I've got What's Love Got to Do With It? Because I couldn't go without seeing Lily James. So ours are actually pretty similar. Um, at 12.15, I'm seeing After Sun. Okay. Uh, and then at 3.30, I am going to go see Wendell and Wild. Mm-hmm. So we'll meet up then. 6.30, I got Dolly Land, which is... Okay. Movie. Yep. And then at 9 p.m., I'm going to see What's Love Got to Do With It? With hopefully, at that point, Emmy winner Lily James. Exactly. Um, Awesome. So that is well. Then I do have another day, though. Oh yeah, that's right. No, I so I leave early morning on the 18th. I fly back out. So what is your what is your final 
final day consist of so on the 18th my plan is to see a jazz man's blues at 9 a.m the tyler perry movie Mm -hmm. um and then at 12 a.m the good nurse and then um tiff usually pulls a free screening of the uh tiff winner so i'm just gonna do that and then that's that's it what is uh as of right this second what is your prediction for the tiff winner i mean fablemans is the obvious answer um you know greatest beer run ever maybe we should keep it uh a begrudging eye on um and you know maybe glass onion and or maybe someone like um you know room one so like you know dark stuff nomadland one so maybe someone like women talking could win mm-hmm. but you know obviously sight unseen for all of these so i'm not 100 sure. yeah in a, in a just top. world in the just world the whale wins solidifying that picture slot and getting almost guaranteeing brendan that win my my top um, is definitely the Fablemans at one, um, and then Fablemans at one, Glass Onion at two. I think that's an easy one too. I thought Glass Onion was going to walk away with it before, uh, before the Fableman showed up. Yeah, but I also keep a I, eye on Triangle of Sadness. I can kind of see. I was going to say Triangle of Sadness. Uh, definitely, um, I would definitely keep an eye on, like you said, the whale. Just generate the just because yeah and i will say um a friend of mine told showed me the uh rankings you use tiff r to um do your schedule mm-hmm. yep that's on there right a, now there's a there's a ranking of like all the like the most liked the whale is like number two like above yeah. fableman's yeah it's that's got it. um it's got some of the most some of the most hearts on it which yeah is just how how you like stuff so um i also and this would be just a me pick just because I think this movie is going to be a hoot and holler. I would love to see weird. get. Yeah. No, they do a separate win for uh, midnight madness winner. So oh, they do. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. So, you know, maybe that'll win that. Yeah. Um, other than that, I'm not sure where I could see anything, um, anything really breaking through. Mm. Maybe the sun, Maybe decision to leave if enough people see it. I know people really loved it at con, uh, but I I just can't see. Maybe maybe Bros could be a shot. Oh, Bros could be one. Um, but yeah, so that's that's kind of where I'm at right now. And then tomorrow morning, uh, bright and early at 11 a.m., I will be able to put together my schedule. So yes, um, I'm excited. I'm excited to meet you. I'm excited to meet a lot of people from oh, the. Yeah. Film Twitter, film critic, escape world. Um, I still need to pack. I know you, packing for you is getting ready in the morning. So putting my laptop in my backpack uh, and leaving. <laughs> I still need to pack for my eleven day trip. So um, I'm excited. I'm excited to meet you. I'm excited to mm-hmm. get up there and go start doing all of this stuff. It's going to be stressful. It's going to be overwhelming, but it's going to be fun and it's going to be more than worth it. Yeah. Um, where can people find you online, whether it be, you know, for the TIFF reviews, for the reactions or anything like that? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter where I will be posting all of my reactions to these movies that I just said um, at Adrian Caparuso or just my name, which is Adriano Caparuso, which currently has a whale emoji in the middle. Well, I wonder <laughs> what that's in reference to. You can also find me on YouTube at uh, my channel is just Adriano Caparuso, which I do reviews and uh, predictions for both the Oscars and the Emmys. 
And also in terms of where I'm accredited to, where you can find all full reviews, um, Bite Size Breakdown, which is an awesome website. You should check it out. Awesome. You can find me on Twitter at tbear 57 on Letterboxd. I will be very active on my Letterboxd, getting at least quick thoughts up of all the movies that I see and quick ratings and rankings and all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm very active on there. So follow me and help me be a Letterboxd influencer. Um, you can find me <laughs> online at oscarcentral.com where I will be doing some of my reviews. I will also be doing reviews for musiccitydrivein.com and insessionfilms.com. So I'll be having stuff go all over there. So just make sure you're following me on Twitter at tbear 57 And that's where you can find all of that good stuff. Um, Kenzie, sadly, again, cannot go, but you can always find her online at Ken's Venunu. Um, and you can find the show at Oscars underscore central on Twitter, um, Instagram, TikTok, everywhere. Um, that is, that's all we've got for today. Um, I don't know if we're going to be back next week. It might be a little difficult with everything going on. Yeah. Uh, but hopefully we will be back the following week to talk about TIFF and everything like that. So until next time, that's the show.